he went to a Pentecostal church because he said, I need it to be dynamic. I need a prayer. So the pastor, which was Bong Bong, was waiting for this. The pastor said, does anyone here need prayer? Bong immediately raises his hand, and the pastor goes, come closer. Come to the altar. So Bong goes to the altar, and he goes, what do you, what's your prayer need? And Bong goes, uh, I have um, my hearing. I, I need prayers for my hearing. So the pastor wets his fingers, puts it around his ear, Bong's ear, and starts praying. And starts praying, starts shaking Bong's head, get some more saliva there, and put it in again. And then, and then the pastor goes, okay, can you hear now? Oh, how's your hearing now? The pastor said to Bong. Bong said, I don't know, pastor, it's not till Tuesday. <laughs> it's a hearing, not hearing, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> uh, you know, many times, many times in my observation, with my own mistakes, and others, other people's, Christians particularly, we make the mistake of not hearing God. When us Christians, we ask God for His leading, or an answer to our question, where we say, we, we say the questions, what should I do, Lord? Um, should I stay or should I go? Should I stay in this marriage or should I go? Should I stay in Reno or should I leave Reno? Should I buy the house or should I not buy the house? Should I buy blue a blue car, a blue Tesla or a red Tesla? You know, we we make the mistake that when God answers our question, we don't actually hear the right answer from God. Essentially saying we didn't hear from him. But is it because God did not answer our question? Or is it because we did not want to hear God's answer? I think everybody would agree here that God always answers our prayers. But the bottom line is most of the time, if not all the time, when we don't want the answer from God, the one that he told us, we do something else. And then we say, well, God never answered me. You know, in Romans 12, 2, I know we always use this verse about the renewing of the mind. But if you examine this further and deeper, it says here that do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. See, if, if we're trying to get God's answer to a question in our prayer, in order for us to understand or maybe hear, hear His answer to us, we have to be connected with Him. Right? The way we think God should have answered our prayer must have been changed. Do you agree? Is that making sense? If, if the Bible tells us that we are to renew our minds and that's the only time that we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. If we are not trying to renew or change the way we think, we will never hear God's voice in a particular prayer. 
that we're asking or we're saying. We will never understand what God's will is, even if we threw it in front of our face already. This is what I want you to do. But you're so stubborn, you haven't renewed your, renewed your mind, even if he's like right there, you're just like, where, where, what is it? I can't see it. Because you don't want to see it. We don't want to see it because the sinful nature does not want to see it. Look, in Romans 8, 5, it reads, Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set. It's made up on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Let's give an example here. A very difficult but yet simple example. When the Bible tells Christians that you are not to yoke with unbelievers, but then you're dating this boy who is an unbeliever, but my goodness, he's eight and a half. He's six foot two. He has a good career. He works out. He's good with his parents. He speaks well. He drives a nice car. But he doesn't believe in God. But you know, he's so much better than the believers that you've met. But then the Bible says, do not yoke with unbelievers. And then you're praying to God, Lord, please give me a sign. If this is not the guy that you want from me. <laughs> it's right there. It's a Bible verse. God's word. But what you keep saying, but you know, I can share the gospel to him. And we can reverse that, boy or girl. Right? Now, the flesh, same with us Christians, when we are now sinning, when we have given in to the fleshly desires, even if we're doing our daily reading, we will not be led by the Holy Spirit. But to go back to the blessing to us Christians, I just want us to, again, remember this, that if you are not a believer of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, because people say, I believe in Jesus, but they didn't never accepted Him as their Lord and Savior. Why? Because they never saw their need to be rescued from their sins. Why? Because they never saw themselves as sinful. Plain and simple. They never really see themselves as somebody who harms anybody to the point of needing salvation. And they also see themselves as holy and righteous in, the, in, in people's eyes and in their eyes. So that's why there's no need. So if you have not surrendered to Jesus, you are an unbeliever and you cannot hear God. See, even unbelievers pray, right? We know. We know people, even you just look at your social media, somebody gets sick and you know they're, they're, not, they're unbelievers, they'll ask for prayer. Please send prayers my way. Right? Naomi gave a testimony that she prayed for her friend. Because Naomi's prayer is heard because she's the believer. The group prayed for that unbeliever. The prayers were heard because it was said by uh, believers. You know, unbelievers, unbelievers can never, can never hear God because this is what John 8.44 reads. Jesus said in John 8, 44, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, 
for he is a liar and the father of lies. Right? We, you belong to your father, the devil. That's what the unbelievers, that's where they belong. That's their category. So if they belong to the devil, they will never hear God speak. Now, if you go back, now if you go back to the time that you received Jesus Christ, right now, now I'm going to put in, I'm going to put in the, the election here. It's a, it's a, it's a digression, but it's in point. See, it was God who revealed Himself to us in order for us to even hear the message of the gospel. It was God, the Holy Spirit, that opened our hearts and our minds because we're so blinded. We belong to, this, to Satan. We believed all his lies. But that moment when you receive Christ, God opened, made it possible for us to hear the truth about it. Don't you? Because at one time in our lives, we belonged there. In Isaiah 59 two, it reads, It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, He has turned away and will not listen anymore. Unbelievers pray, but their prayers aren't heard by God. And they think their prayers were answered. And when they think their prayers were answered, these are all from the enemy, not God. Right? Because they cannot hear from God. And in the reverse, in Isaiah 59 two. Their prayers aren't heard by God because of their sin. Now, I think I'm looking around the room. I don't want to make, make, make an assumption that uh, we're not influential. <laughs> but we probably know someone who knows somebody really important in the government. Maybe in the local government, maybe in the big government, maybe not here, maybe in the Philippines. But we know that that one person that is connected with that powerful person probably has that person's cell phone. Do we agree? Oh, yeah, yeah. We all know that one person that is connected to a very influential uh, person to a point that they send text messages. And then when you need help, especially us Filipinos, right? Oh, can you talk to your Nino? You know, who's the mayor? To kind of give me a permit to build this building here? Okay, I'll text him. See, that person has a relationship with that other, other guy. You, on the other hand, had a connection with the person that is connected to the person. <laughs> but don't you feel special if you were that guy? If you were that person that says, Tita Roda, um, I know the mayor is your dad. Can you... Please help me with the permit that I'm trying to build here. Right? Don't you feel special? Like, oh yeah, text or call. Right? You know, Christians, you know somebody very powerful to a point that you should see yourself as somebody very influential. And if you're still thinking, who? It's Jesus. You belong to God the Father. You are one of His adopted children to the sacrifice and love of Jesus Christ. You are that one person that these unbelievers that they cannot get to Him can come to and say, can you please pray for me? Right? 
And if they're not asking it because they don't need, even see their need for him, we on the, uh, on the outside will say, Lord, please help this person. I have two of my partners at, at my new firm that have lost, recently lost their children. Two sons. One, one 31 years old. Um, I, I believe it was drug overdose. And then the other, pers- the other partner of mine lost her son recently in July. I just found out today through suicide. 51 years old. So there's, there's a lot of people, unbelievers, a lot of unbelievers there that need God. There's a lot of unbelievers there that are hurting and that their prayers are not being answered, they're not being heard. And you, you, you know them, we know them. And we're that one person that's connected to that God, to the God, to help them. What's their first help that they need? Salvation. Make no mistake about it. Those pain, those trials, those troubles that they're in, that's one big way, best way, if anything, to make their hearts soft. For them to see their need for God. And that's your opportunity to say, can I pray for you? Because your prayer is heard, right? Now, how can you hear him, Christian? How can you hear him? Now, for the people that have taken the experience in God, Bible study, you should know this. This is one of the seven realities and I'm not going to embarrass you because I, don't, I barely remember the seven realities myself. But I always never forgot how God speaks. This is by uh, Henry and Richard Blackaby in their uh, Bible study material, Experiencing God. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, right? Prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. So because of lack of time, we're just going to be talking about the Bible and a little bit about prayer. But I'm going to address the circumstances part. The circumstances, is, is, that's where we all fall. The circumstances is we, we all fall. Why? Because our hearts are already entangled with that one particular need. If we do not surrender what we want to do, to God, we will never hear what He wants us to do. Because we're already sold, right? We, in, in my business, we call it a buyer fever. If a buyer has the buying fever, the first house that they see, they buy it. I had this one client back in 2005. The moment, this is when I used to pick up my clients. Jazz was still cheap. <laughs> she said to me, Joe, I just want you to know, I'm not going to buy today. I just want to look. I go, okay, sure, no problem. I'll take you out. Take her out. First house we see, right by the living room, I want it. <laughs> what, do, what do I do to get it? I really want it. I go, okay, let's call your husband. <laughs> and then we're, let's write the offer. The husband comes in. The husband goes, loser. You said you were just going to look. Because she's already sold to the idea that she wants to buy a house. Now, it's the same thing when we want something that we know is against God's will. You know, you know it, it's not God's will when you, because the initial response should be, I don't know if this is what God wants. I wonder if this is okay with God. That's already your clue. God, the Holy Spirit that is in you, is already giving you a nudge, like, listen, this might not be 
right? That's your, but then the, the purpose of prayer is, is when you say, Lord, Lord, remove what I want. Remove what I want to do or what I don't want to do in order for me to hear what you want me to do. So, how does God speak? Through the Bible. So there's no getting away from it. If you never read your Bible, you've never heard God speak through the Bible. Read your Bible. Go through your Bible journey. If you are a Christian and you still haven't done your Bible journey, that's a sad thing. That's a sad thing because you believe that you are saved through those written words in that book. Everything that we teach here comes from that book. So, he speaks through his word is our first point. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us and what is true and, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. See, it's so clear. The Bible tells us that. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. See, for us who have embraced the once saved, always saved, that I don't need to change, we're wrong. Because the Bible tells us what God wants from us. God wants us to do things for Him. Not so that we would be saved, but because we belong to Him. And if there's any question that this is right or this is wrong, go to the Bible. Go to the Bible. Pastor Julius was always telling me before, he always reminded me of, you are in a situation, go to the Bible, remember a story that is possibly similar to a, a story in the Bible and look at it and ask God to guide you through it. Not good enough? How about Jonah 1-2? Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach, uh, preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. What did Jonah do? Jonah heard heard God loud and clear what he wanted him, Jonah, to do. And what did Jonah do? He went to Tarshish. He, he didn't want to go. And if Jonah was counting on circumstances, I'm just making fun of Jonah here, <laughs> but just in case, like us, right? We already know what God wants us to do. But then we play this thing like, well, if, if the car's not there, then that means God doesn't want me to do it. And then you walk out, oh, it's there. <laughs> my car is here. And then you say, if my car starts, that means he does a, he, he does, he's a, it's okay for me to go to casino, to the casino. You start it, <laughs> it's God's will. Like this one guy that was traveling and he says, he was on a diet, right? He was on a diet and he and, but he always sees Krispy Kreme as one of his biggest temptations. So he, he prayed to God. He goes, Lord, if I don't find a parking spot right in front of that store, that means it's not your will. He goes to work with the full box of Krispy Kreme. They're like, wow. He goes, yeah, I prayed. If I, need, if, uh, if I get the parking spot, it's God's will. Uh, oh, really? So first shot, huh? I know about 12 times, but yeah, I got it. <laughs> it took me about 12 times. Right? Sometimes we force it. We force it. Jonah said, if I don't have the money to buy the boat ride to Tarshish, I will not go. He had the money. It's like, oh, God's will. If, the, if I miss the boat, I will not go to Tarshish. 
the boat's there. So he goes, okay. He wrote it. But it was clear. Clear. How about when Samuel, oh, not Samuel, yeah, when Samuel told, told uh, Saul, King Saul, when God told Samuel to tell King Saul on what he needed to do to the Amalekites in 1 Samuel 15.3. Go and attack the Amalekites. Destroy them all and all their possessions. Don't have any pity. Kill their men, women, children, and even their babies. Slaughter their cattle, sheep, camels, and donkeys. Clear. Very clear. What did King Saul do? He didn't. He saved, right? He saved certain things. And then when God brought Samuel to rebuke him, to tell him his mistake, what did he do? He lied and he pointed fingers. These men, they, and then he, he, he acted as, as if he can bribe God. Well, we were going to sacrifice all of them to God. Then, then Samuel goes, does God want sacrifice? Better than obedience? You know, we do the same thing sometimes. You know? God told us not to gamble. And then we gamble. We win. And then we give tithes. <laughs> I won $1,000 last night. I'm going to give 100 Because that's God's command to me. Right? But God said... Obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, it's clear. I think we all agree with this. But my my whole purpose is that we believers get encouraged to, to read our word, to pray to God, to remove what we want in order for us to truly hear what He wants from us. In order for us to, to hear His answer to our prayers. This is, this is my purpose. Now, briefly... He speaks through prayer, and we will go through the other points next Wednesday. For, uh, Romans 8.14 reads, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And how do you become a children, uh, child of God? You accept Jesus as your Lord. And you accept Jesus as your Lord, the Holy Spirit indwells in you. And when the Holy Spirit indwells in you, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us, Right? He wants to lead us. So being led, when we walk with the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit manifest in our lives. If we walk in the flesh, the sinful, the flesh desires is what's being benefited. But here, you walk by the Spirit. Now in prayer, in prayer is how we do this. First and foremost, remember the study that we had in the full armor of God. You wear the full armor of God. And with the full armor of God, you pray. You pray, right? It's not a piece of the armor, but it's essential to the armor. So Christians, God speaks to us through prayer because in prayer we're being led by the Holy Spirit because in prayer we admitted that we can't do it. In prayer, we said, we don't know it. And in prayer, we said, Lord, please lead me. That's what it is. So we can see from that verse that the sons of God should be led by the Spirit of God. Since God wants us to be led by His Spirit, then we immediately know that the enemy would like us to be led by other things. 
right? That's the struggle. That's the struggle. Now let's look at a few things that the enemy may try to use to, uh, use to lead us astray. We are not to be led by our feelings. Right? I don't love him anymore. I don't love her anymore. Let me divorce him. I know God says he hates divorce, but <laughs> loser. I don't feel it anymore. There's no more love. I've lost that loving feeling. Now, just because you don't feel like doing something or you don't have the desire to do something doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. If you are led by your feelings, then you are not led by the Spirit. Right? I don't feel like reading my Bible. You're not led by the Spirit. You should want to want to read your Bible. I don't feel like praying. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. Then you're not being led by the Spirit. I don't feel like obeying God. Because it's too hard, then you're not being led by the Spirit. The other thing that the enemy uses so that we won't be led by the Spirit, no, we are not to be led by opportunity. Opportunity. Opportunity, especially in this country. Opportunities are being thrown at us left and right. Business opportunities here, business opportunities there, benefits there, benefits here, big job promotion here. But then there's certain Things that will remove you from your responsibilities. Today, I was just offered again another business opportunity. And, and I just said, okay, just email it to me. But I know I'm not going to be able to do it. Because the real estate business that I have alone is, is already consuming me much more. I add another thing. But opportunities continue to present themselves. Same with you guys. A promotion here. A change of shift here. More money. But it will take you away from the ministries that you're leading. It's your choice, right? It's your free will. But I'm just saying that we are not to be led by opportunity. You may have an opportunity to do something, but that does not mean that you should do it. It may be something that looks like you shouldn't pass up or even can't pass up. But if you are led by opportunity, then you are not being led by the Spirit. We are also not led by our own understanding. Or you could say by our heads, by our, our minds, our own knowledge. If you make decisions based solely on your natural knowledge, then you are not being led by the Spirit. There's nothing wrong with having natural knowledge, but you should never make decisions based on natural knowledge alone. When you are in a situation where it looks like it, it makes perfect sense to do something, but the Spirit of God says no, then you should follow His leading, not your head. I was offered to start a church in Seattle. This was um, 2018, I think, 19. Uh, yeah, the, the person said, I'll help you start this church. And I was like, enjoying Seattle. I'm like, oh, Seattle's so nice. It's so cool. It's so green. It's new. You know, the magic of that new thing. So the pastor there said, oh, yeah, we can. I've been thinking about opening up a, a church there in this one particular area. I'll help you. We'll talk about numbers later, but I just want to see if you want it. That's an opportunity, right? That's an opportunity to get out of Reno. I've been wanting to get out of Reno since I, was, since I got here before. <laughs> but then I know, I know, that whenever I go with what I want, it was never good. 
Now, my head knowledge was saying, you know, if, if I'm going to continue real estate in Seattle, the sales price here is higher, so my money is going to be higher. My income is going to be higher. It's making perfect sense. There was water in Seattle. It was green. It was nice. I was like, man, this is, this is new. And if I become a pastor here, they don't know my past so, so much. Maybe I can bring more people. That's my head knowledge wrapping it around, right? But no. The Holy Spirit was quick to tell me, I called you to be a pastor, yes. But I called you to be a pastor of FICF. So I said, in that same conversation, no, no, I, 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 don't, I don't want to. I, I was called there. If you, if you want to be led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead you correctly. If you, want not, if you don't want to listen to the Holy Spirit, then you are freely welcome to walk the other path and not please our Lord. You know, John 16, 13 reads, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. And truth is what God tells us. God never tells us any lies. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. You want to know about your future? Ask God, and He will tell you. You just need to listen. When God constantly tells us, Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And then John 8.32 reads, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If we leave it to the Holy Spirit through our prayer, and in our prayer we said, Lord, as I read your word, please give me the wisdom and the understanding in order for me to comprehend whatever it is that you want me to know, He will give you that. I've never had a time where He never did. If I wanted to really hear Him, even if it's opposed to what I want, I hear it. But we have to be truly honest. We have to give up what we want in order for us to hear what He wants. Amen? Now, here's why these, these things matter. There is a world of spiritual benefits that open up to, to the believer. There are a world of spiritual benefits that open up to the believer who is led by the Spirit of God. There's many benefits. So it will pay well if you surrender, if we surrender, and really truly be honest and be connected by Him. Amen? Being led by the Holy Spirit will lead us into a life of freedom. Freedom from sin, first and foremost. Because the other, when we don't listen to God, we're already sinning. Do we agree? So if we are led by the Spirit, we are free from sin. And then when we don't sin, most of the time we are free from sickness. Because sin brings sickness. Not all the time. We know Job, right? Freedom from poverty. Because when God tells us something, He makes us wise to our spending. But when we become too greedy, oh, I think I really need this Tesla, Lord. Gas is six bucks per, per gallon. Oh, that's $65,000. <laughs> you really want to save gas or you really want a new car? Freedom from defeat because there's always victory when we follow God. And freedom from any other evil thing that you want to be free from. Amen? Amen, amen. I hope that uh, this message 
spoke to you, and I hope this message will bless you, not just now, but as you step out of this building. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your message to us. I pray for our spirits, Lord God. We know the importance of prayer. We know, Lord God, the importance of reading your word. We also know, Lord God, the distractions that are thrown our way. We also know the temptations that are thrown our way that sometimes, most of the time, we get defeated and we end up doing the other thing instead of praying to you, instead of reading your word. And then we live a life, Lord God, that is away from your will from us. We pray now, Lord God, that you help us not live that way. We pray, Father God, that you give us the focus to pray. We pray, Lord God, that we have the intention, 100% intention, to truly truly be connected with you in order for us to hear your voice. I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord God. I pray for their prayer needs. I pray that you hear all of our prayers tonight. And Father, guide us and respond to our needs. All these things we ask in your Son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for your patience. Let's all rise for the closing song.